And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to the NBA Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. My name is Jared Weiss. I am joined by Mo DeKeel and Mo Stefan Wardle Curry. He is the king. He's the all-time leader. It's Wardell. <laughs> Isn't it? It's not Wardle. No, it's Wardell. Wardell. <laughs> as soon as it came out, I'm like, I said that wrong. But whatever. He's the champ. Who cares? He's the greatest shooter of all time. You put respect on his name, Jared, because he's the all-time leading three-point shooter in the NBA, passing Ray Allen tonight. Only needed two threes. He did it, but let's just be thankful he didn't need six because he went five or 14 from the three-point line. Wasn't like a greatest shooting night for him. Getting there was a bit of a grind for him, but it was cool that he got it at MSG. You know, Ray and Reggie were both sitting there for it. That was really cool to see just Ray come up to him and hug him. It reminded me so much. I think I was at that game covering the game when Ray broke Reggie's record, and it was just so cool to see just the love there. And the fact that, like, just the garden went nuts for Steph. And it's just, it's amazing to see him get what felt like a home crowd reaction when he broke the record. Yeah, part of it is just the respect New York Knicks fans have for for good basketball. Like, I, I do want to give Knicks fans credit for that. You guys are all irrational as all hell. But, like, you do have a good amount of respect when, like, history's being done in the, in your arena. And let's not forget, like, Steph's coming out party was the 54 points in Madison Square Garden. Like, there's a whole kind of, like, circle sort of thing happening there for Steph at the Garden. And I think it was just an amazing moment. The break in the game afterwards, Steph hugging his dad, you know, hugging Ray Allen, everything like that. I thought it was just awesome and all of that. But, you know, Jared, there was also a basketball game played. Oh, yeah. Did somebody win? Was it the Warriors 105-96? to Pretty easy control the fourth quarter, thanks to... Let's give credit to Jordan Poole who went 13 for 13 from the free throw line. And while Steph did not have a good shooting night, Draymond was just phenomenal controlling the entire game on both ends of the floor. Yeah. And, you know, it was really something in the third quarter, Jared, where I was, you know, noticing that like the Knicks were just terrible in their fast break defense. Like it was atrocious, bad floor balance. The Warriors were getting the ball up quickly and it was just pretty shocking to watch, you know, and the Warriors had seven fast break points in that instance, and it really kind of helped them break that game open. And the Knicks offense stalled out when they finished with only 16 points in the third quarter. And what I loved is we saw a lot of whether it was like Poole or Curry coming into the game, the guy would come into the game and just immediately start hitting shots. And they just were really setting the tone with their two key guards, really just establishing that their offensive scheme was going to just kind of tear New York apart. We were just seeing them doing all those little split action diagonal cuts across the paint. And the Knicks would defend the first you know, 15 seconds to 20 seconds of the possession so well. And Golden State would still end up with an open shot every single time. Listen, the Warriors are just, they're going to run their offense and they're going to get their opportunities. There were mistakes 
defensively from the Knicks in the sense of like there were possessions where they'd be hugged up on Iguodala too much at the three point line and give up a layup. And I'm like, it's freaking Iguodala. Yeah, why? What are you doing? Like he freaking bricked the three off the side of the backboard, just looking miserable in that sense. Like there was some stuff there with the breakdowns. We also got to just mention like the Knicks had a lot of guys out with COVID. No RJ Barrett, no Obi Toppin. A little bit of a uh, thin lineup for the Knicks, you know, in, in terms of what they were going through. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, well, let's head out to Portland where the Suns win in overtime, 111 to 107. Chris Paul was just incredible late in this game. He had 24 points and 14 dimes. I mean, it's Chris Paul. And when this thing got down to the fourth quarter and, and, and crunch time, it just felt like, man, the who else do you want having the ball in your hands if you're the Suns? But I got to ask you a question. Why isn't Portland just trying to double and get the ball out of Chris Paul's hands? I was just trying to watch that going like, look, that's fine. I know they got some shooters and things like that. Chris Paul's carving you up, you know, and he was making some beautiful passes, finding DeAndre Ayton on a roll with a beautiful pass, making kickouts to Cam Johnson and things like that. Like he was making a whole lot of things happen down the stretch. And I was just like, yo, Portland, like, you know, just a thought, maybe get the ball out of his hands. I mean, the funny thing is, I thought they were doing a pretty solid job on a lot of those drives of kind of forcing him into Nurkic, and Nurkic would kind of wall him off. But he's Chris Paul, so he still managed to find his way out of it. I mean, there was that one play where they kind of bounced him out to the corner, and then he, I think at his back to the basket, he quickly turns, has like three Portland guys trying to figure out how to stop him, and he just weaves his way around them to hit Cam Johnson open the corner. I mean, that's the thing with Paul is you have to get the ball out of his hands because even when your defense does shut him down, he's going to keep finding a way to get through you. He's Thanos, right? It's ine- inevitable. I-, I can't say the word. Ine- inevitable? I almost said inedible. You can't edit him either. I mean, there's nothing you can do. Our producer, Brian Smith, is going to try to edit this. Good luck with that. But it's just hard. And listen, let's not take anything away from Portland. Portland played their butts off. Dame was, this is one of those games down the stretch where we really started to see Dame looking a little bit like Dame of old. Like Dame time was coming coming back in this game he hit some real big threes and things like that to keep this going and then to get this thing in overtime I mean classic Dame time that he had 31 points and 10 dimes in 47 minutes but he also shot 11 for 31 from the field and 5 for 16 from deep but he was trying he was trying and at the end there he was throwing up 35 footers just hoping to find anything you know one thing that actually bothered me about this was at the very end in overtime when the Blazers trapped Chris Paul in the backcourt on the inbounds, and it looked like they were going to try to force the ball out of his hands, and the ref immediately called a foul. And Chauncey Bills was furious. Then they once again trap campaign. Campaign kind of like 
bumped into Powell and then like flailed to the ground. Didn't really seem like Powell actually fouled him, but they called the foul, reviewed it, did not get overturned, and that was Portland's last timeout. So they were kind of screwed from there when Dame couldn't hit a 35-footer. But it's always frustrating when you see teams trying to play defense and the refs are calling the automatic foul, assuming that they're trying to take foul. Yeah, I think some of it too is that you got to kind of mention to the refs, hey, like we're not going to foul right away, right? Like the referees are trying to anticipate that you're going to foul. I think that's a normal thing for them. And and a lot of times the thing is, hey, just let us know we're not going to foul right away. We're going to try to get a steal. And I think that was one of those instances that sucked. And and it says, but it, bigger than that, bigger issue than that for Portland, you know, when CP does score to tie the ball game, you had a timeout left. Why not call it? Okay, Dame wants to go up and, and bring the ball up the court. When Portland had nothing right then, when the ball got up across half court, they should have called the timeout there as well. Like, you know, there's no reason to go into regu- going into overtime having not used your timeout to try to draw your best play right there. And they didn't even get a shot off at the end of regulation, Jared. That's when I knew they were in trouble. Last game, Brooklyn versus Toronto. Another overtime thriller, 131 to 129 for Brooklyn. Fred Van Vliet, shout out to him for hitting a huge three late in this one, but it wasn't quite enough because Kevin Durant, Skip Bayless's favorite player, he had 34 points, 13 boards, 11 dimes, just perfection from him. KD's been awesome. This is another one of those teams, and this is this is going to suck, guys. We're going to have to start getting ready for it. This is another one of those teams that's been struck with the COVID bug. You know, this is five guys that are out. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge, Paul Millsap, DeAndre Bembry, the list goes on. I mean, Jared... The whole thing could us just be listing names of guys who are in health and safety protocols at this point. We haven't even gotten to Milwaukee yet with Giannis being out in Indiana and now DiVincenzo. It's quite the list, but, you know, give KD a ton of credit. Plays 48 minutes in this game and, and was just awesome. Him and Patty Mills and one other guy, Jared, who's been out of the lineup, but because of COVID has gotten back in. Blake Griffin was hustling his butt off. He was all over the place on the on the court, making some big passes in the short roll pick and roll situation like I was pretty like I was like he might actually earned his way back into the rotation I don't know why he was out of it just because we know of his offensive creativity that he can bring and we saw it there I mean Blake still has that potential to be that playmaker on the roll for them no I mean Blake finished with six assists and one turnover that's a phenomenal performance I understand like he's looked a little bit slow he hasn't looked right but maybe having sitting out a little bit has kind of gotten his legs going but ultimately, like, this is a nice win for the, the Nets. Granted, it's not like against some relaxed Toronto, don't get mad, but it's not like a, a a major, major win in that sense. But being out so many guys playing a ton of young players, I thought it was pretty impressive. I mean, David Duke Jr., 13 rebounds, six offensive. That's unbelievable. He came up with some big possessions there down the stretch for the Nets. I mean, the most shocking Nets performance was Kessler Edwards, out of their two-way guy out of Pepperdine, this is his third game, his first like real minutes in the NBA. He has 17 points and 10 rebounds in 44 minutes. That is remarkable. Yeah, I mean, this was just a real gutty performance from the uh, those guys for, for Brooklyn, you know. And, and, you know, I am getting worried a little bit with KD's minutes load and things like that. But for the time being, like, he's probably going to have to bear the, the brunt of heavy minutes. And a nice win for them under adversity. It's kind of one of those things you got to feel pretty confident as a team. Like, hey, man, we can build on this. I mean, the irony that I feel like Steve Nash is putting together a coach of the year campaign for overachieving with a team that is supposed to be the super team. It is pretty remarkable. But getting these wins with how depleted their offense is, is pretty incredible. 
Well, that's going to do it for us here on The Ding. Do not forget to subscribe to The Athletic NBA Show, where you can find The Ding every single weekday morning. Of course, all of our other programs on there as well. Mo and I are on Twitter, and I always say that and then forget Mo's actual Twitter handle, Mo. Oh, no, I want to see if you remember it yet. There's an underscore. That's the part that was. Is it Mo, De- is it Mo underscore Dekeel NBA or Mo Dekeel underscore NBA? Mo Dekeel underscore NBA. There you we almost go. got it. You there almost go. got it. I, I just, I always, I always set myself up for failure with these. And I'm Jared Weiss, NBA. Brian Smith on the ones and twos for us here. Mo, take us away. Ding, ding.